was it was funny because the whole time this is going on, and I'll be honest about this, Kath told me a while back was she she always thinks that Kyle could have been in that situation and that she would hope someone would do that for him. So you you do put yourself in that situation where it's your kid. Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Science and Stigma Podcast. What's going on, Mom? Hello. Uh, we have another guest with us. This is her third third visit. This is her third visit. Yeah, that is my aunt, Michelle. Hello. She's back. I'm back. The cat lady. <laughs> and I'm still working. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how do you like your new job? Yeah, I, let's let's get right into this. I do love it. I really do. Good. So it's worth do. the change. It was. Yep, it, it really was. Um, I'm starting to get to a point now where I can see where I can help, and that that's nice. So no, it was. It's been. It's continuing. I think it will continue to be a good uh, choice. How long have you been there? Probably like two two months. Maybe? Going on two months now. Two, She's in the newsletter already. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah going on two months i think the only thing that has me nervous is that just through their customers coming in that they're starting to ask for more mm-hmm. so i know i'm gonna go right back kind of to what i was but that's okay because it's much lower it's slower pace gotcha but uh, that's the only thing yeah, and so i'm thinking maybe that's why i did that it prepared me to be ready for this yeah. but no it's it's good People are funny and nice, and it's uh, it's been good. I don't think you've been there long enough to actually experience the real. I'm starting to now. Are you? Yeah, yeah. The whole nice thing and everybody likes each other is starting to, and, and you can start to see who doesn't care for who. and yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, you can definitely see that, but the overall vibe is really cool. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. It's always good. Yeah. Good. Well, that's another podcast, but today... Yeah. yeah. I want to start off with a story, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Yeah. So, it kind of relates to yours in a way, mm-hmm. as far as trusting people that you don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I never told you this, but probably... This is when I was going to Planet Fitness. I was working out. It was probably when I was in, in high school yet, or maybe when I graduated. I was going out to my, my truck after a workout, and he's... These two random dudes pulled up in a, I think it was a white van, unmarked, and they, they hopped out and they're like, yo, yo, you wanna, you want a home theater, and I was like, what? And they're like, you want a home theater for cheap? They said we got a whole bunch. Of, I think they said they got a bunch of orders extra or something like that, and they were trying to give them away for cheap. So I was like, well, let me see them. So they showed me these these theater things, and I was like, this is when I was young and dumb, and I was like. Yeah, I'll buy one. They're like 500 bucks cash. And I was like, yeah, let me just go down here to the, the gas station and get money out. So I literally went down to the gas station. They followed me there. And they waited until I got out, uh, $500 out of the ATM. And I came back out and I paid them. They gave me this. And then I took, I took it home. I was like pumped about this. I was like, they just gave me a good deal on this home theater system. They were telling me it was worth probably like twice or three times the amount it was actually worth. So I'm checking it out. And I was like, this thing's junk. I was like, I don't even know why I just bought this. So it was too good to be true. Yeah. And these guys took advantage of me because then I found out later and I looked it up, I think, 
these guys were actually doing it to other people. Yeah. And that's how they were making money. They were taking advantage of people like me. Yep. Somebody that just looks like a nice dude. That, yep. That's just, just going to feed into this bullshit, basically. So that happened. And then I never told you that. That was when I was younger. I was still in the house. Yeah, you never told me that. So I, I eat the cost of that. I was like, whatever. Like You're lucky that's all you ate. Yeah. Yeah, really. They so, could have forced you to take $1,500 out. Yeah, because I was stupid at the time. Hmm. So then just recently, last week, I was coming home, and I usually don't stop, but I had to stop for gas. And I stopped in Hershey somewhere, like Middletown area. And I pulled in, and I went to use my card. And for some reason, my have your credit cards been working lately? Yeah. Like my chip, it keeps malfunctioning. It, hmm. Every time I use it, they say it malfunctions or whatever. So I'm I'm putting the chip in and it's saying go go inside pay for your, your your gas inside. So I go inside and I'm like, yo, this thing's not working. I want fifty seventy dollars on pump two, and he's like, I can't. It says that your card's already processed. So I went back out and it was already processed, which was weird to me. So I'm pumping gas and I get to the end and this guy says, yo, you in the Silverado. And I didn't look at him the first time because I was thought I thought it was a guy across from me talking to me and I I didn't pick up on it. He's like, you in Silverado. And I look back and there's two dudes in this. It was like an SUV. And he's like, yo, I got, I got a, I think it was a home theater system. He's like, yo, I got these home theater systems. I got an extra one real cheap. They, they gave, they gave me too many. And I was like, oh yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll give them to you for free. I was like, in my mind, it clicked. I was like, I've been in this situation before. I'm not right. going for it again. So I was curious. Yeah, but the whole free thing's different. Yeah. So I was curious. I said, yo, let me see him. Because I already knew my intention. I wasn't going to get him. I wanted to see what this dude was all about. And there was more people there at the gas station than just me. And he picked me out of everybody. Just because, I guess, because I have a big truck and I, yeah. they assumed I have money. So he gets That's out. That's an assumption. As soon as he gets out, he shows me this envelope. And I didn't look at the full details, but he says, look, I ordered this many and they gave me extra. And I was so like, oh. he was trying to show proof this time at least. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he's like, yeah, so look, check this out. And I looked at it. And I was like, okay. And we went around back. Dude's sitting in the front seat. There's people all around. Him. Like there's people at the pump, so they will have seen anything. So he opened the back door up and there was two sitting in there. And he's like, well, here they are. And I was like, okay. I was like, uh, I'm not, I'm not interested, man. Thanks, though. He's like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm good. And I started walking back to my truck. And he's like, are you sure you're good? And I was like, yeah, two guys scammed me before doing this. And they're like, he's like, are you serious? And I said, yeah. I said, he said, for what? And I said, home theater systems. <laughs> and he got in his car and they literally left. Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, why didn't they stop if it was for free? Why weren't they giving it to other people in the? Yeah. the why did they just stop for me and then leave after I well, said that? What do you that? think the catch was, though? What do you think? I think they were just trying to get money from me. Well, it, it just, it just. Because, Somebody was trying to rob your truck no, while you were being because behind I, that well, van. I did leave an important part out. He did say, when I looked at him, he said, well, how much are you willing to pay for Oh, him? yeah. Yeah. So I left that important part out. Yeah. But, I got gotcha, you. And then yeah. I was like, that's when I was like, no, nah, I'm good, man. Like. And then I told him, I said, two guys. So he lured me. you back on the free part and then wants to get money when you got back. Well, you're yeah. crazy because they could have pushed you in the back yeah. of the vehicle. Or just no, put a gun to your head and said, get in the van or and take it to a Mac machine. From, yeah. from where we were standing, there was a guy at the pump next to me and there was pumps, like two or three cars pumped next to me. So everybody could see. 
And it was like really, it was right on the main intersection. So everybody was sauce. But I mean, it was just weird because he picked out the dude with, I'm not trying to like boost my ego or anything, but the nice truck and just assumed that I had money, I guess. Yeah. And then as soon as I said that to him, he got in his car and he left. Like he well, had no, probably, no other intention to give it to anybody else. Well, and he also knew that you could easily get in and call somebody and say, this is going on because he knew you had been through it before. And there's cameras so then, at the absolutely. gas pump, so you would have his license. So then... I should have got his license, but then they have it on video. I was mind fucked the whole way home because your comment you just made. Well, what did they did they take my wallet while I was over there yeah. looking? Like, did someone try to open my truck or yeah. like try again? I was literally right in front of it, so I would have heard a car door open or anything like that. But I was like, I'm like mind fucked. Like, what did? Why did they do that to me? Well, yeah. Did you check your wallet? Yeah, everything's there. Yeah, everything's there and everything's yeah. It's a shame, but now that next step is is you don't even look at them or answer them. Period, because. They easily still, could have distracted you yeah. and had somebody go and, and take so shit out of your vehicle. The whole way home, I'm like, was that a smart thing for me to do is no. to go over there? Probably not. I should have just stayed at the pump. Yeah. And I'll be like, yo, no thanks. Like, yep. I'm good. And then he would have never got out of the car. Yep. Because as soon as I engaged, he got out. I'm reading on stuff on on um, online where uh, in, in some of your gas stations, people are intentionally in a van, as weird as it is, a bunch of people. Happened to me. You See? want to share your story quick? Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. It happened to me. I pumped my gas. So I had already paid for my gas, but I left my car at the pump and I went in to get money out of ATM. I was meeting people for dinner and you had to pay cash at this restaurant because I never have cash. This is right down the road here. Sheets. So this is down at Sheets. We're all 30. So I'm on my way to Jackie B's to meet. And I, I didn't have any cash, but I needed gas. So I'm like, well, I'll just get the gas. So I got the gas. And I thought, I'll just leave my car here. And I went into Sheets, went to the ATM, and I came out. And I was getting in. I just threw my pocketbook in the car, and up came a white van. And the whole van was full of people. Yeah. For, of men. And he pulled in front of me, so, like, I couldn't pull out. Therefore, and I was, he was blocking the camera from right. the store so that way he could see it. Because I was on the end. And so he blocked it and he said to me, Hey, I just got a car like yours and I, and my, I need to know what kind of battery I need for my key fob. And for some reason, like I looked and he got out and then I was like looking around because I don't even know why. And I just, I just looked at him and I said, you can get it at Walmart. And I got in and I locked my doors yeah. and then they pulled off. But I'm thinking they thought I paid for gas and I was going to have to pump mm-hmm. and he was going to distract me mm-hmm. while other guys got out of the side of this van that I couldn't see. Yeah. But immediately I already had my gas and I was like, he's like, I need to get it. I have a key fob, like exactly like yours for a car, just like yours. What kind of battery do I get? And I just said, you can get it at Walmart. And I jumped in and I locked my car doors and they left. And he said, I should have called the cops. Yep. But you don't think about it. Like, it was like an eerie feeling, but I was like, for some reason I was, but if I had to still stay there and pump gas, it was just awkward how he said, I just bought a car like yeah, yours. You and don't I'm just... like, really? And I'm like, you can get them at Walmart. And I got in my car. I think this is good for people to know. So they're not walking in something that. Oh yeah. But because yeah. you have good people who are gullible. And want to help, mm-hmm. and some one of those times it might not be a good person that you're you're helping. Which and, leads us into your story. Yeah, I mean, it, and and it it could have went badly. I mean that that's that's the only part of it, you know. It and and for anybody listening, I mean that's the sad thing when people are in need or help, 
that you do have people kind of shy away. It's not out of them just being nasty people. They've had awkward or bad experiences and are afraid to put themselves back out there. This world's completely different than, than what it was. But, um, yeah, if you just want me to start, it, it was kind of uh, one of those things where um, it was ironic to me to be put in the situation. But then when I thought about it mm-hmm. um, with my neighbors kind of being in the situation they are, I probably shouldn't have been surprised, but uh, was basically uh, out mowing the lawn on a Friday and... Um, coming around and actually mow the other side of the fence on the neighbor's side. So I was coming around and, and I looked up and there was a girl there and split second, I thought it was my neighbor. And I thought she was like, Hey, I'm going to mow, you know? And so I was like, Hey, and then I was like, okay, it's not her. And, um, I could tell, uh, she basically was just asking a lot of questions, you know, are, are the neighbors home Are the boys home? I was a school friend and, and I'm back in town. And, um, she said, can I charge my phone? I need to charge my phone. And the first thing in my mind was, I don't know if I should let someone in my house. So luckily enough at the time, I have power to my um, outdoor pump. So I said, there's an outlet right there. I said, help yourself. So then the first thing I thought honestly was to call Kath stigmas stereotypes whatever it is you could clearly see she was in a bad situation um uh, i didn't want to mow the lawn because she's trying to use her phone and so i i was like i I said i won't mow the lawn while you're on the phone she goes no no, no, that's no problem i'm like "Ah, i'll try and do something else so i we have a pond right there by this outlet and i honestly wasn't trying to hear her conversation i was just trying to do something and um, I could tell she was she was talking to someone, trying to get this person to send her an Uber driver. She didn't have either the means or a way to pay for someone. So she was trying to talk to this person, was getting really frustrated because they didn't know how to do it. And I guess her phone was still charging, you know, so she was frustrated. So she hung up and she's like, you know, men, blah, blah, blah. And I laughed and I said, yeah. I said, I, I can imagine. <laughs> and she's, Relate? Relate you know, imagine. yeah, yeah, you know. I, so, you know, she was proceeded to tell me that she was a school, um, that she's from Spring Grove, and um, really was just kind of stopping by to see and, and, you know, visit with the family and this and that. And she said, is she coming home? And I'm like, I don't think so. I said, I think she works till five. And she's like, what about the boys? And when I looked over, honestly, there's a shed in the back that probably for the last 10 years people have come and gone um don't know what's going on back there kind of uh had an experience maybe about two or three years ago where my purse and lee's wallet inside our house was stolen and we called the cops and the cops outright said absolutely it's the kids in the shed and we know what's going on back there, but we're waiting for bigger things to happen. So, so, you know, they know, they knew things were going on back there. It's been much quieter, but there's still traffic. So there was a car parked there. And I said, um, maybe they're going to be home soon. I said that that car's parked there. Maybe, maybe they're coming home. 
needless to say, I'm talking to this girl. And I'm like, do you want some water? Do you need anything? And she's like, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've been going through. I said, I, I can imagine. I'm really sorry about that. Well, next thing, the car door opens, and it's the neighbor kid. And he was with his buddies. Whether I can say or not, he was stoned off his ass. You could yeah. tell. And he comes over, and she hugs him. And I'm thinking, good. I'm off the hook because I'm thinking, you know, Uber driver, do I drive her? Do I, you know, what, what if they didn't come home? And in my mind, I'm like, what do I commit myself to? So I'm like, I'm off the hook. So I went back uh, into the house and I said, you know, you want water or anything like that? No, I said, use the electric as long as you want. So I look out and there's a car that's been sitting there. It's their car that's not been running for years. And I see him getting that. It was cold. It was windy. So I was like, okay, well, that's probably a smart thing to do. So I go back out to do more stuff in the yard, and the boy comes over. He says, hey, if I give you $10, can you drop her off at Goofy's? And I said, I don't need money. Mm. And the first thing I thought was, it's just Goofy's. I'm not so... I'm like, okay, yeah, no, not a problem. And But wrong thing, didn't take my phone, because I didn't think I was going that far. And I hop in the vehicle. She throws her... She has two backpacks, throws them in. In your car? Yep. And I'm driving, and I said to her, I said, what's going on at Goofy's? You know, am I, do you know someone there, someone coming there? She goes, no. I said, so what are you going to do? And she said, find another ride. I said, where are you going? Where, where are you trying to get? I said, if it's not that far, I'll take you. I said, I hate the idea of leaving you there just to find another person to, to help you out. And she says, I don't know. She says, I I." I trying to get to Westminster. I said, I don't want to commit to Westminster. I said, but I can get in that direction. So she's calling whoever it was with the Uber and they're getting frustrated with each other because he's basically saying, uh, head to Manchester. And she's like, what do you mean West Manchester mall? And he's like, why am I going to Hanover? If you said Westminster?" he's like, I'm not saying that I'm saying Manchester. So you could clearly see, and I'm like, listen, where where can I take you or and and meet meet halfway? So I said the South Hanover Walmart, and the guy kind of is like, well, we can get to the Hampstead Walmart, and I said, well, didn't have my phone, so I said, how far away is that? And they said about uh, twenty five minutes. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll just keep driving. At the time, I'm not even thinking, what am I driving to? Yeah. I have no clue who I'm meeting, where I'm going. I'm kind of comfortable because I'm thinking Walmart, big parking lot, not a problem. But as we're driving, um, you just start having general conversation. You don't really want to poke because who am I to assume or, but, you know, so we're talking about some different things. And I asked if she had kids and she said, yes. And, and, um, she proceeded to say what a horrible time she had had the last couple of days. And I said, well, what, what was going on? She said, I, I actually was left in Lidditz. Didn't leave the situation as to why she was left in Lidditz. And the, she says to me, did you ever see that movie Split? And if you haven't, it's a it's, it's good movie. Um, and, and what it is is a guy who has split personalities. He has, oh, yeah. I, and he, I can't watch that. He uh, abducts. Uh, three girls. Did you ever see that? I never heard of it. Oh, I can't watch it. It's 
it's a good movie it but is it, it freaks me it freaks does me out well it's amazing if people really and they are they can be that way i mean you know <laughs> personal experience yeah or, or experience yeah that, yes. so so that's a later podcast <laughs> but she said she would do one by the way yeah but i had to laugh because i personally like the actor that's in it and she's like i'm not kidding even the little kid and and so i i jokingly said you know if it's mcavoy i might have just put up with it and she laughs but she said she seriously was at sheets and this guy looked innocent looked looked nice and she told him the situation she didn't have anywhere to stay that night and he said yeah I'm, i'll take you home uh, it was kind of a, a weird story he said my husband won't mind and um no judgment she's like whatever sure so she goes home and she noticed that they're cleaning up blood from the house all over the place and she's kind of weird and freaked out and the guy who who invited her back said yeah someone came and attacked him and stabbed him in the head with this knife and he proceeds to tell her and show her all these stab wounds in her head Holy and <laughs> and uh so she's like wow that's really messed up and then someone proceeds i'm not sure i thought she said his wife but I, it was a weird story and quite honestly i'm just like not knowing what i'm uh in for so yeah. i'm just i'm just listening and she said that he did it to himself that nobody attacked him he did it to himself so, so i was like relates back to the split movie yeah so i was like wow wow and i was gonna like wow we're pulling off the street right now you can get your ass out but, you know what? but you know what though i'm feeling bad for her she doesn't know me you don't know her right and you're still driving her with no phone <laughs> no but but in my mind who was giving you directions she was she was phone? yeah yeah that I, seems I knew scarier. i know but i knew i knew in the general direction i was going okay so you had someone idea yeah so i knew if she said turn here nah we're not going the right place um now you're talking about maybe the wrong turn <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um but so now now you know something's off here you know, just no, a little. <laughs> no one just really travels from Lidditz in vehicles. And she's like, you know, you don't, you don't know what I had to do to get here. And I said, well, I don't, you don't, you don't need to tell me that. I said, but what put you in this situation that made you have to get here? And um, she, 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 I, I outright asked. I'm like Kathy. I outright asked. I said, are there addictions in your life? Is there something that puts you in this situation? to be like that and she said she she didn't hesitate she said yes we talked about some other things um so it didn't directly come out of what she was using um but just to get that out out front it was mostly pills she said and heroin mm -hmm. and so we kind of got into and i might not keep it in the order of the discussions that we had but some of the discussions um we had were about her not feeling worth it, her not feeling um, valued as a person, which obviously is why you can put yourself in a situation like that and and get yourself um, into trouble. And my, my biggest thing with her was I didn't want to pry into specifics, but I wanted to, um, in general, just let her know that there's always time to make a difference. There's always time to change and, and you're in a really, really bad place. And I'm not going to tell her I can relate because I, I can't, I can't relate to that. Um, but I asked her, I said, so what puts you, what in your life 
put you in a situation that you need to escape. What are some of the things you're escaping from? And she basically had said there was molestation in her family. And I don't want to not get the story correct, um, being specific, but there was molestation in her family. And she said she was suffering from PTSD from that, anxiety and depression. And um, she was talking about, you know, going to, to homes, things like that, and that one of the things she struggles with emotionally is that they tell you that you're supposed to forgive people that do this. And your mom already said, <laughs> your mom already said that, that I, I went against the 12 steps and I don't know, honestly, and I should um, probably, I, there's a lot of information, which is why we're having this discussion. There's a lot of things that I should know. Um, but on a different topic, for people that are listening, this is my opinion, not necessarily a professional opinion. I told her she doesn't have to forgive people. Um, you, for me, if she has any guilt, or she thinks a lot of times people think that they ask for that or they bring it on or what did I do? What did I do to deserve it? And I told her, absolutely don't spend another second on that thought. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. Um, and that, that doesn't mean she's not a valued person. And, and I just thought of everything, the whole conversation, I wanted to bring it back to you are worth something. She made the comment, something to the effect of that somebody or someone had tried to take her out of this world two times, and that that's why she was in her situation that she was. And she said, but I don't know why I'm here. I guess it's, I guess it's for my kids. And I said, don't, don't sell yourself short there. You know, you might be here to do greater things than, than just that. Um, so it does sound like she's just had a lot of craziness in her life. But the other side of it that I wanted to, to get to her is, um, not continuing to make scary, silly choices. Um, no, you, you can't control a lot of things. And she couldn't control the guy from Sheets that turned out to be whatever that situation was. Mm -hmm. And he might have had the biggest heart, you know, and, and better than some people. But that's what I told her. I said, you have to make um, safe decisions, even if it's a matter of getting in the car with me, you know, and, and the whole time in my mind is what I told Kath was, I don't know what to tell this girl. I'm taking her somewhere. It's not, it's, it's where she's at. It's where she feels safe, but it's not going to be a place she can start a new life. And I did not have a clue who, who outside of Kath, actually, I didn't even think Kath had a number that if this girl said, I don't want to go back there and I want to go somewhere. And I don't know if she would have or not. I didn't even have that to offer her. I had to say, listen, this isn't where you want to go. Um, this isn't the best situation for you. And I even said to her, do you have somewhere you can go if you decide that you're done with this to make your life better? Is there somewhere you can go? And she's been there. And through other experiences that I've had with people when at work, um, kids that have addictions, and they are actually coming out of jail and forced to go into the situations of these safe homes, they're not safe homes. And, and I don't know if a lot of parents know that. You're assuming if, the, if you're coming out of prison that people are monitoring where they're sending these people, and they aren't. And you think you're sending them to a good situation, and quite honestly, it could be even worse than, 
well, most, where they were going most in. Most people don't understand they're not state regulated. Right. These homes in Pennsylvania, I don't know about any other state, and that's something that we have to look towards. Yep. Because they're taking them out of prison and telling them they have to go to halfway houses, right. recovery houses, depending on what they're in prison for, and they're not state regulated. And I don't want to give them a bad name. Uh, there's people out there that might be opening their hearts and homes to these people and really trying, but as a parent or even someone who's making that decision, make sure you do the best that you can to make sure it's a good situation and not people just taking the money and not caring about what they're doing. It's uh, a lot of research. Yeah. So very negative. I think you were at the first meeting that we went to where they talked about these recovery houses and how terrible they are and there's more overdoses in recovery yep. houses. And if you do your research, I've done some research. I've been in some of the sober houses, um, not in the recovery house, but the sober living houses. And some of them are great and some of them aren't. So I would just recommend, like, do your research. Yeah. I mean, I, I can only imagine going through um, the struggles a, a woman in, in at work went with her son um it wasn't just an event it was 10 events that constantly rode around being arrested in jail out recovery recovery houses and ended up going to california and overdosed there and so here you think you're taking them out of what they feel is their surroundings which is supposed to give them that fresh start but the reality is is when you have that addiction you'll find it wherever any state that you're at but now you're alone. You don't even have your family there to, to go back to. And, and as a mother, to get that phone call that they're giving your son or gave your son Narcan and are on the way to the hospital and you're across the country, I mean, it was horrible. It was horrible for her. Um, and, and again, you're trusting. You're trusting that you're giving. It's a lot of money in some of these circumstances mm -hmm. to these places to watch your kids. A lot of it does come down to, too, and I hope I don't get any negative feedback from it, is the choices that the people are making, too. And that's the thing. A lot of people say, it's the people I'm around. I just need to get away from them. And that's not a negative thing. They're good friends. But obviously, one person would say, if you're in a room and everybody's doing that, it's more tempting. So let's just go somewhere where it's not. Well, you find yourself ending up in the same room with different people who maybe don't have your back. So now you're even worse. Um, it, it was, uh, so we, we had a great, we had a great talk. Um, and I, biggest thing that I just kept telling her, I don't care if you use tonight. I don't care if you're good for six days. Um, but you're worth it. You get back up that next day and that's your day that you start. And it's just sad um, that people are out there. And, and I felt bad that I didn't have the proper um, numbers to give her. And I can't say she would have, mm -hmm. you know, but, but it would have been nice. I'd have felt nice to be able to give her that option. And she might not have even have been there in her life. And she might not even been that far into an addiction. You know, but it was just sad to see a situation where I'm driving this girl to, you know, at least better than where she was and at least better than someone picking her up at Goofy's and trying to get her there. But um, 
So, so uh, we get there and she's like, oh, there they are. And I'm like, you know, she's like, I'm so glad, I'm so glad I, I, we got to have this talk. And there was a lot more to the conversation that we had um, that was personal that we can talk about another time. But we really, we really shared, I shared what I could with her um, about people and trust and about, you know, she had been in and out of a lot of relationships. And, you know, for me, again, I can't relate, but I could, I could explain to her what I kind of learned through my life and I'm still learning is you need to take care of yourself first. Mm -hmm. You need to get at a place where you're good. Then you get your kids back. And then if someone's in your life, it's your choice. It's not you're stuck with so-and-so because that's who's paying the bills or that's whose house it is. You know, get yourself to a point where you're good and that you put yourself out there that they know who you are and then you move on from there. How do you even begin a relationship in the turmoil that you're even in at this point? You know, and and so it was a lot of those those discussions, just trying to make the right decisions. And uh, and I said to her, I said, how do you even how do you even begin to say today I'm going to to do this and still have to have money to live, get a job? I mean, you don't even have clothes outside of what you're carrying in your backpack. Are you going to just show up at Kohl's and say, I'd like a job? I mean, that's that's the um, not frustration, but I mean, it was desperation on my part to say, I don't even know, how can I tell this girl everything's going to be okay when I don't even know what to tell you your first step should be to get there? Um, but I think you were in the right direction as far as telling her that she is enough. Right. And we have that table at the house that everybody signs, and there was more than one person that wrote on there that you are enough. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a big thing in life. Yep. And, and I, the last thing I didn't want her to feel is who's this nutty lady and and, my ass up (laughs) yeah you know and and what does she know and and why should i believe that tomorrow is going to be better and then the other side of it is i didn't want her to feel guilty if she didn't think man here's this woman she gave me this and i'm letting her down no one of those times it might stick yeah and you might be the person she's telling that story to at a meeting yeah you know what? I met a lady last night who took the time to talk to me and tell me I'm worth something. Yeah. And it might not be today. Like you said, it might not be tomorrow. But two years from now, you may be part of that story. Yeah. Um, it, it, it is all about self-worth and value and not going into that topic uh, real deep. Um, we, we could do that another time. The biggest thing is is, is knowing that you you are uh you're you're worth it and and you might not feel that way you might not feel like um anyone cares and one thing that we had a discussion about that i think is important is she was at odds with her mother but her mother was keeping her kids so obviously her mother loved her Mm -hmm. and we talked about family and i said family isn't a choice you're born into that i said so um, the reason that topic came up is because I said, well, who am I dropping you off with? And she said, they're more family than I've had. You could tell there was a little bit of a rift there. And, and I said, you know, her mom. And she said, yeah, if she's taking care of the kids. I said, so mom loves you. 
if she's taking care of the kids. And I said, I don't know the situation, which is something that I said a lot because the worst thing you can do is say, yeah, I know. No, I don't know. I don't claim to know what, what she's going through. But I said, don't write your mother off if she's saying stuff that you don't want to hear. Because what's a mom going to say? Get your shit together. You got kids. You know, you're being selfish. At the time, you don't want to hear that. So, yeah, you're pissed off at her. And, you know, and, and but she's only trying to get you back. Yeah. You know, and I told her, I said, she might not trust you. You might have done things that she lost trust with. I said, but you get your stuff, you know, your, I said, shit together, and you start gaining that trust back. And then that's going to that's gonna be what you need to do, and it's not going to be the first time and tenth time, depending on how much trust you broke there. But don't write your mom off because she's telling you stuff that you should be hearing, you know, I said. So, so it was... Um, it was a it was a good conversation, but then I ended it probably as I'm hearing now and as at the time I should have really thought of, which is why we had this discussion about awareness. Is the first thing I wanted to do is give her money. Clearly, she didn't have money because the kid offered me ten bucks to get her to Goofy's, and I didn't think twice, and I should have. Um, but we're in a Walmart parking lot. We're by Burger King. And this girl's been traveling across town for two days, and I, I gave her money. And I didn't think twice about it and until I talked to Kathy. And she's like, shouldn't have done that. And I'm like, you know, yeah, now that you're saying that, you're right. Um, and, and I think that's, that's kind of why we thought, you know what, this, this would be a, a good situation for people who come across people in need. And way this whole thing started I think is important to go back to that too as much as people come across as that they don't have big hearts or they're not interested keep your keep the idea open that they may have been burned or on the other side so don't think that they're looking at you that that you're less than or not worth it there's people out there that are also um protecting themselves as well too that could have been hurt so don't don't think automatically that the world just thinks you're not worth it that's why they're not helping um but at the same time you know it's like i told her i said i get it you were desperate but try and make safer decisions i mean the world is crazy out there right now and um i'm learning that you can call ubers for people and pay for it and and get them wherever they need to go without putting yourself at risk um that was some of the things that i thought you know maybe we could talk about here um some of the you know some tips on when you come across that situation what's what are what are the safe ways for both you as someone in need and the people that want to help but aren't sure you know what what you should or shouldn't do and not even just with someone who has an addiction and you shouldn't give money to because of how they spend it but but just overall some of the things that you know like you said obviously I would not get out of the car ever for anyone I don't even know if someone hit me in the rear end I'd probably call the cops sit in my vehicle and 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 just wait I mean it just seems like it's it's a world of opportunity out there and people are just taking advantage of people in uh, really precarious situations they're, they're taking advantage of people that have good hearts and are just trying to do the right thing 
So to clarify, why don't they? Why aren't you supposed to give them money? So you don't give them money, and I learned this because I gave money too at the beginning. And when we say they, we're talking about anybody, anybody okay. like homeless people, you know, people in addiction, anybody that's asking for money. More so with people in addiction, yeah. Because what happens is they take that money that you give them, and you're giving it to her because there's a Burger King there, and you think she's hungry. Yep. But if she needs drugs, yep, that's where that money's gonna go. Yeah. And when I did it the one time, and somebody said to me, "You know what? That five dollars that you gave, that buys a bag of heroin. I don't know what the price of heroin is, but but you just bought them drugs that potentially could kill them tonight." Yep. And I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like I didn't know that." And then I learned. But you know, I gave that money in good faith. Sure. To feed, it's not my fault if they chose to use it for something different. But at the same time, I'm not going to allow myself to give the opportunity to the next person. Right. If they're hungry, I'm going to drive through the Burger King. Yep. And I'm going to say, what do you want? And you're going to buy it for them. Also, I learned downtown when we were giving coats out and it still happens today. And we weren't aware. We don't, you don't think about it. Mm -hmm. The normal person doesn't think about how desperate Mm -hmm. people become. And if they can do it without stealing, that's even better. So they literally will, we had to take the price tags off of clothing because they're going to take it back to the store. And nowadays, stores will take returns without a receipt. Yeah. And now they have money. When you're walking in a store, you're walking into Walmart, and someone outside says, hey, I don't really shop here, and I have this $25 gift card that I got for Christmas. I'll sell it to you for $20. They're selling it. They either stole that gift card, or they got it as a gift, and they don't want to buy Walmart stuff. They want to buy drugs. So they're selling their gift cards to people cheap and I know Kyle used to tell me that he was he would do that <laughs> he thought he could make money doing that he would sell it he would purchase it cheap and then go back and sell it for the, the value that it was or he would buy it cheap go in the store buy $25 worth and then return it and get cash back for it so there's scams like there's ways to get money there's ways they know how to do it and I think there's a difference it's important to say that there's a difference to say there's people that are just doing it for a living and then there's people doing it for an addiction. Yep. And there's a different feeling behind it. It's not as, you know, people that are doing it just to rob people and, and, and spend the money, there's there's much more, um, I think, deception going on there than someone who's desperate and, and really doesn't have, um, just just needs yep. to, wants to feel better. So I, I think that's that's important too, and it sounds like we're trying to prevent anyone from ever <laughs> doing these things. But it's not meant to be a hurtful thing. It's meant to educate us to be more helpful mm-hmm. in in the long run. Um, because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think about it twice. And I'll admit she didn't ask. She didn't ask one time. She didn't complain one time about what she didn't have. Um, so, so it wasn't like, you know, uh, sometimes I think people can come across as selfish and she wasn't like that at all. Um, but it was, it was, it was funny because the whole time this is going on and I'll be honest about this, Kath told me a while back was she, she always thinks that Kyle could have been in that situation and that she would hope someone would do that for him. So you you do put yourself in that situation where it's your kid it could have it, me i was a hellion growing up mm-hmm. and i only hitchhiked one time 
And when I look at where I hitchhiked and how close I was to home, I was so stupid, but I didn't know it at the time. Um, that's a, that's just, uh, it's not a good situation to be in to put yourself in someone else's hands because I, I would like to hope that there's more better than good, but. So that, that thought of her drove that, drove yep. that whole thing to taking her where she needed to be. Absolutely. I was going to ask you what. Yep, absolutely. Because, because I would, I would hope, you know, and I'm sure people gave Kyle rides <laughs> all the time and he gave rides all the time. He'd be buying them lottery tickets and lollipops <laughs> at the gas station. I, yeah. I do. I think of Kyle a lot. Um, he's, uh, you know, it, it's um, it's one of those things where you just you just feel it when it's touched you. Even in, I mean, to me, probably with what Kyle was going through and the lack of knowledge we had of it at the time is less of what I've known about this addiction and heroin and things such as that than the people that I've honestly worked with or even in, in Spring Grove itself. Yeah. It's more common than not. Mm-hmm. Um, I was telling Kath, my, my boss, for 40-some years worked where I was and tight-laced guy. Work was work. You don't miss work. You know, you have family, and you, you got to pay, and... His son passed away from heroin almost a year to the day before Kyle. And his son, I think, was in his 30s. And he, doesn't, he didn't talk about his family much. He did say he had one son who was very creative and that he spent a lot of time with and he did crafts and such. Um, but what the situation was, and as a, a parent, I can't imagine... Um, he was a truck driver, I do believe. So he had been gone. He would disappear for a while, so you wouldn't really think of it. And he lived probably less than three blocks from where we worked. And um, it was in the papers. They found these two gentlemen uh, who died. I don't know if it was an overdose or the fentanyl, because we're talking before Kyle, so that really wasn't out there as much, the whole. Yeah. And... Here, he ended up, he, he was an addict, but had been clean for years and years and years, in his 30s, and we don't know if he went back on and did the same amount that he did back then and couldn't handle it, or if it was laced. I never heard that answer. Um, but this man, completely different after that. And it's kind of sad in a way, because it would have been nice if he would have been there for been compassionate with his son. And that's not saying that he fought him or anything, but it led him into compassion. And I think he was so taken back by how people surrounded and, and, and really reached out to him. It changed him, um, night and day. But then as the girl I was talking about earlier, her son, uh, who passed away in California, you know, it was ironic because that was over Christmas and she felt horrible that her kid was not home with her over Christmas. And what we tried to talk about, we, we, she was very, oh my gosh, people probably if they were listening to this know who it is, but she's very, very honest and doesn't hold any punches. But she always knew she was going to get that phone call. She just didn't know when. And so I always get on the side of, is it harder to deal with someone through that whole process 
and not know if they're ever going to beat it or when they may lose it than to not know and have to just deal with and when I say just deal with, that's no disrespect because that's not just to deal with. Yeah. But you're coming in at the end and you weren't really aware that that was going on. It's a loss. But Kath and I talked about that earlier. Parents that still have kids in this situation. I kid you not, this woman went through hell. The money that she invested and then on top of it now have a child who feels guilty about that but still has this addiction. That whole cycle is crazy. So I often wonder, you know, is it, is it, you know, it, it's just a bad situation either way, but to, to know that you're going to get a phone call, to know that, you know, maybe next week's not, not going to be a, a good week. I don't know as a parent that has to be very, very hard. Um, to deal with and deal with it compassionately. Because let's be real, you're going to work. Yeah. You're trying to function. You know, and here you're trying to understand um, the, uh, the, the, the sickness or, 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 or what you're dealing with with an addiction. So and that, that's a true statement. So I was at JFT last night um, at a group meeting. Um, and that's the topic that came up. I'm listening to these stories. The one mother's son's in prison, and she says, I don't want him out. Like, at least I sleep at night because I know my son's in prison. And I'm hearing these stories, and I'm sitting there thinking. And the first thing I said when I got to tell my story, I was probably the fourth mother there. And uh, that's what I said. I said, I, I don't want to sound hard or mean, and I miss my son terribly. But I don't know if I could have survived what you people survived. Like... We well, found you, Kyle. I would have, you, you would know, have. and the one yes. mother was sharing, and, and it's Gina. Gina was on our podcast before, and she was sharing some of her story that I've already heard about sitting in a parking lot while your yeah. your child is getting high. Now, when I originally told you that story, you're like, what? Yep. And people that aren't into this and don't hear these stories are shocked by this. But yep. I can, and I looked at I said, I 100% am sure that I would have done the same thing. And I would have. I would have done whatever it took because he would have promised me to go to rehab. I would have did anything in the world. And I hear their stories, and I'm not lucky. When I say I'm lucky, I'm not lucky because I lost Kyle. Right. But I'm lucky that I didn't have to do that. Right. And that these kids feel terrible. I've been to meetings where the kids stand there and say, I don't want to do this to my parents anymore. I don't want to hurt my mom anymore. And they don't want to hurt you. And they're just stuck in this vicious cycle. And then you have these family members, moms and dads and brothers and sisters that have to watch this and can't get out. So I often thank God, believe it or not, like, right. I always tell them we're in the same group and, but you're living with it. You're waiting for that phone call. I remember waiting and trying to hear his car come home before I even knew because yes, he had a DUI. He wasn't an angel. Sure. But I didn't know it was to the extent that it was to. Right. And it can happen to anybody. And so it's funny you said that because I thank God last night in front of these people that I didn't have to tell that story. I didn't have a story other than my son passed away of a heroin overdose. And they're telling the hell that everybody went through. And money, it's not even the money. But it's just like, I just sit there and I feel selfish. I feel stupid telling my story because it's not that story. 
but it is a it's, powerful story yeah, at, the, powerful, at the same time. And the end result is I don't have Kyle. But I, I think one thing that... Education, it's crazy yes. what I've learned. It's crazy what people in this world, you look at the person next to and you have no idea. But what's, what's the catch there, though? Because I remember going to our first heroin awareness thing in, I guess, Hellam. Yeah, that was... And I said, how many times would we have driven by that fire hall and looked at what event was coming up and looked away? Because we had no clue. So how do you give people... How do you... One, which is the way to do it, is to not even have it start. How do you even get people aware until it's too late? Because you don't even know that you're supposed to be aware about a topic that's happening in your family. I mean, so you do generally... You have... um, uh, the girl I was referencing at work, she's gone and spoken at schools because that's it. And her son, that was one thing he wanted to do, was to say, listen, I went to this school. This happened out of my control in a way because you don't ever think or think that's the choice that you're going to make. But that's the key point there. You can't just do it once and say, eh, I'll be okay. That one time. And that's one time not just heroin. That's one time drinking. That's one time smoking pot. Some people can handle it, and it's just that one time. But if somebody has that addiction in their family, genes, as a personality, that's the rest of your life. That one time now becomes the rest of your life. So that's what kids need to hear. But all the awareness you got was after the fact. That's so what we talk about. We need it ahead of time. Right. So how do you do that? Because now you have the other side of this, even with sex ed. Well, if you're going to tell kids about it, now they're going to be interested and do it. If you put them in a situation, and I'm not saying three years old or five or you know, five years old, you they have to because if they're doing drugs at 14 and 11, then they're clearly old enough to hear what the bad things are about it, and that's the thing I think that's that's not difficult but drives me nuts is we're getting all this education after the fact. How do you get it out there before, before someone tries it, before someone says it's not that big a deal or, you know, it's, um, you know, and, and then the other thing just to kind of keep people thinking about, um, when I was talking uh, with a girl at work with her son, sometimes it almost seems as if they use it as suicide. The drug itself is suicide. He didn't care if it was laced with fentanyl because he felt so guilty and so depressed. And you get that state of mind that I'm doing him a favor, so if this time it's what happens, that's what happens. So that's the other side of this too, I think. Along with the addiction is some of the mental health of not just the physical addiction, but their mental reasons for it behind it in the first place. And so now you're trying to understand and rationalize with someone who has an addiction who who doesn't want to do what they're doing. It it's um mental health is huge. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier is your self value and your self worth. Yep. You're giving your power away to a drug. Yep. And that goes not just for drugs for anything. Sure. You can literally give your power away to feeling someone you feel like someone's judging you. That's giving your power away. Yep. Don't do that. So, so one thing that I did, um, that I did talk to her about, um, uh, the girl that was in the, that I was taking on her, 
tour trip that she she probably wishes she probably she was very thankful but we did we talked about a lot of things one thing that I think um, that was important for me to tell her about um, her being molested was you know she just kept saying she couldn't forgive and she she has obviously post-traumatic stress over it and there were circumstances in my life that I wanted to share with her that again maybe isn't the technical way of doing it, maybe not the mental health way of doing it, but it was something that helped me. Um, when I spoke of the situation that I was uh, in, finally to a counselor, and I had the questions why. And, you know, wh what made them pick me? Why? What was the situation? And are they thinking about it? Do they, do they know that they did something wrong? And she said, every second that you give to them in that thought, is you giving them that power back. And that that's how you can beat them, by not giving a shit, not thinking about it, not wasting your time on it. And for some people, that might work. And for other people, um, they have to address it and, and solve it them, you know, in their mind mentally and move on. And in my mind, I think, don't even give them the time, because it doesn't, stop anything it doesn't prevent it from happening it doesn't make it easier to understand it doesn't matter if they stand in front of you and say this is why it doesn't change what happened you can't change the past nope but you can you have a choice and i'm not sure how i said it and i might not say it correctly you have a choice to allow it to tie you down the rest of your life whether it's and i say and i and i have full respect for uh mental health and suicide I've attempted multiple times in my life so I understand when you're there and and a lot of times people think it, it is selfish it is very very selfish but at the time in that situation what goes through your mind which always made me worry when I was in that state is I'm tired and when I say tired you weren't tired physically you were mentally tired and you thought everyone else would be better you, you start to rationalize to yourself that everybody else is okay and I'm the only one. So they'd be better off without, and that's not the case. So sometimes people say it's a selfish decision, and I can tell you being in that situation, you're not thinking, I just went out of this. You're thinking, I'm doing everybody a favor by doing that. So that's a different, different aspect to look at it. Um, but that was one thing that I wanted to put out there for people who are dealing with um, things that have happened, whether it would be rape or molestation or things such as that. Don't give them the power. You know, um, you couldn't control what happened the first time, but you can control how you mentally decide to handle it the rest of your life. And you can choose it as a building block to make yourself stronger. And that doesn't mean you got to go talk about it. You've got to join a rape awareness group or whatever. You yourself just become stronger. Um, and and, and you, you just don't allow it to, to keep you buried. And then the other thing that I told her, whether or not it was the situation, was the whole thing about, you know, whether you feel responsible. I really think it's important for people to understand that nobody deserves that. And when I say that, it saddens me um, over the years where people who are part of, of uh, molestation or rape 
somehow get put in their minds that they're responsible. I drank at a party. I wore a skirt that was too short. Um, I, I, I uh, put myself in a situation I shouldn't. And I will say this as clear as day, and I told her this. <laughs> and I probably shouldn't say it. I said, you could be walking naked down the street offering blowjobs to people. And if someone forces you to do something and you say no, they don't have that right. It doesn't matter how you dress. It doesn't matter what people think or think you are. No one has that right when you say no. But on the flip side of that, I don't know if you've ever run into the situation. You have girls, no, no, no. When you mean it, you mean it. Don't be the tease. I told my boys that flat out for that reason. If a girl's even goofing around and going, no, get out of there. Because you don't, it's not a game. Someone giving themselves to you is not a game. And so if you're getting that, then you, you got to get out. But then on the other side of it, yes, walking down the street naked is not a good situation. So I'm not saying, and people know that I'm joking about that, but that's what not. I, somebody just did that this weekend out front here. <laughs> but what I, what I tried, they weren't naked. Yes, but, they were. Oh, bless us. But, <laughs> but, but what I'm trying to get is don't put yourself in that situation either. As much as it's not something that should happen, try and make safer, better decisions to not put yourself in that. That was what was, I think, bothersome for me because that was what she struggled with. That was what brought her to that addiction was the... Um, she was using that as her escape. Yeah. And because of stigma, people don't ask for help. Yeah. I don't want to be judged. Like, I already feel low, and I, I've never been raped. I've never been violated. Um, so I, I can't even begin to understand that part of it but people aren't comfortable talking about it Mm -mm. but uh, there's life after that today you're a great person and i mean i'm going to be honest with the listeners she called me the other night with this and i was sitting on my sofa like okay i gotta do a podcast Um, (laughs) we try to do them ahead of time but sometimes we don't and i'm like okay you know what we gotta do a podcast and she called me and she was busy tonight so thank you for coming she (laughs) said (laughs) i said what are you doing thursday or you know because i had a meeting last night she said well i gotta do this cleaning because my grandson's coming and i'm like i need you because i would have came up with a podcast also and i always do yeah and i'm like no i need you to do this because i was sitting here on the sofa and it was a bad day and she shared this with me and what lee called you mini me yeah you're just like your sister but it's okay but to your point earlier we would not have done this i would not have been involved the way i am right and i don't remember saying that i hope somebody picked kyle up i do hope somebody would have picked him up and Mm -hmm. after we talked i started to think and kyle did sleep under a bridge one night yeah florida (laughs) when he was in florida i was at a party once for a graduation party and the dude came up and he's like, yo, your brother's crazy. He was sleeping underneath the bridge and shit. And I was like, okay, you just putting that shit out there. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Thanks but for I for, that. I forgot about that. And then when you said that, and I would hope somebody did that for Kyle. I remember him calling me. He was at a Mardi Gras party <laughs> and he lived in Florida. And the person that he went with um, got arrested. Yep. 
because they were at this point Kyle didn't tell me this but I'm now knowing that they were high and he tried to get in the wrong car thinking oh it was God. his car not Kyle the other guy yeah and they arrested him and they took him to jail and Kyle couldn't get home and so he slept under a bridge and he called me the next day on a Sunday and said mom he told me all about the boy he said I went to the to the jail he, he, I don't know how he got there. Maybe he did a hitchhike, but he went to the police station and he said, all I need is his keys. Like, I can't get home. I just need his keys. And they wouldn't give them to him. Now, obviously, he couldn't even talk to the guy. Right, right. And he slept under a bridge. Yep. And he called me the next day and said, Mom, last night I slept under a bridge and I felt dirty. I felt like, what in the world? Yeah. And it's stigma. How's my kid get to that situation? What did I do as a mother yeah. that... And he's yeah. like, I or need should money. I, have done, right? I need money wired to me. Yep. And I'm like, I don't even know how to do this. This is a Sunday. Yep. Like, where, where am I sending this <laughs> right. to? I don't even know. Yep. And so I sent it to him. Um, we figured it out. He went to a Western Union. I sent. Don't it. send money, guys. Yeah. No, I mean, I didn't send it to him. I sent it to Western Union. I'm honestly for in a my bus head ticket. thinking you were already going through the yes. motions and not knowing I it. And that's know. the point. I had so no idea. So hopefully this helps. Education. I'm like, all right. Hopefully he was at a party. Helps. He was yep. at a party. A, a Mardi Gras. I was outside. It was a concert of some sort. Yep. And I remember when he got home, and I found it later in a notebook when he um, was writing because I found a couple stories in notebooks about different things yeah that that was a turning time for him and that he met a little old lady on a bench hmm. while he was waiting for me because the bank wasn't open mm -hmm. yet on a sunday and he kept calling me mom and i'm like kyle the bank opens at 10 o'clock like i i can't do anything right now right and he said okay and he literally sat on a bench with an old lady that told him it's going to be okay you're going to be okay see i'm that little old lady <laughs> but that's what i mean but until you said that the other night yeah i forgot about that like he was that person that needed that ride and yep. probably did hitchhike to that police department or however he got there right but so, you telling that story it's like you may be in in the craziest moments in your life and shit but like that old lady that's just bring you back to hey everything's gonna be fine like don't that's get don't me. get so caught up in the bullshit right. you're in right now right yeah that's what he told me and because that's when you make the wrong decisions right? so he probably sat there and gave her he probably smoked her cigarettes because that's what he did <laughs> when we went to miami together he bummed cigarettes off the old people in the bus but yeah. this was see then he related to all those people he he always I mean, so he was doing things. To your point, yeah, these yeah. are these are indicators. These are red flags. A big one was that when we that did not his pick up on roommate called. Yeah, and yes. you didn't believe anything he said. Because you don't want to. Right, educated. You don't want to believe it, and your kid's telling you a story that that's, that's right. he's lying. Who are you going to believe? It's a trusting. Are you going to believe that person? Are you going to believe your son? Yep. And that's what I learned from this. And we educate and people talk about. You can never say this is not going to happen to me. And this is Absolutely. not going to happen to my child. This is not going to happen to my parent. Whoever. It's yep. not going to happen to. Because it could be happening right now. Yeah, exactly. But I was so proud of her when she called me the other night. I said, I don't know if I should be pissed off at you. <laughs> or yeah, I didn't have or my happy that, because yeah. she didn't have her phone. And those that are listening, like, it's okay to help people. There's so many opportunities. And, and I'll share that information. Um, I just recently talked to uh, Alyssa from Not One More. And there's so many things that they do that I wasn't aware of. But just know that if someone's in a situation 
addiction wise anyway that there is a phone number that you can call and somebody will pick them up wherever they are if they truly want help pick them up and take them somewhere and there's connections and I'm going to post it I need to get a list of these organizations that will do that figure out the names because I do have phone numbers in my phone that were forwarded to me when I was in a situation someone wanted recovery immediately but I just have phone numbers and it was yep. I was told just give them these phone numbers so I would like to research the phone numbers yep. and find out exactly who they're calling but I do know that there's help there's uber um, there's there's so much out there they have to want it yep you don't want to run somebody who's truly cares to get them if they really don't want it so they do have to want it but it just made me proud that we learned because this podcast is all about education and yep. helping one person at least one person and now we're educating yeah. you just did something because you knew my story i share with you all the time right. this is what i hear this is what i'm and these are good people yep everybody's how do you good. distinguish between that so is it do you go with your mind and your gut feeling when you you see that person like should i help them or should i not help because I, I think there's a fine line there. this the, to me had i after talking with kath what i should have done was got an uber for her period yeah and just like kath said um in a situation downtown a girl wanted a guy had to get get to harrisburg she went and got an uber for him that's probably the best gift you can give them without putting yourself in a bad situation yeah. that that to me i think would be the the one thing that I would do, I'll be honest, I don't know how to use Uber. I, I didn't really either. want to deal either. with it. it it's an app. It, it started out, I mean, I know all about it, but I hear some bad things about that too. Um, so um, I think this one was more for people who want to help but don't know how. And so Kath will have more to come with that. Um, and then the other also is is people who are, are in addictions or need help, then that'll come later for the places that you may not know are available. That'll, that'll be information Kath will share with you. Yep, I'm learning. To, to know that that's out there too. But I think for me to wrap this up, the it, for in my mind, the only thing that I would like to remind or throw out there is people that have addictions and are, are addicted because of mental or physical trauma that they've dealt with in their life, keep that in mind. You're allowing them to win every time you choose to do that just just move on with your life and when i say that i don't say that easily it's not an easy thing but don't allow or give them the power to continue to give you pain in your life get your mental health reasons addressed and become healthy mentally the physical part's not going to be easy and it's not going to be fun but you can't do them um, separately you have to do it together and face whatever it is, ever demons you have, face them head on, and you might find out that they've just been holding you down uh, for a long time. There is a life out there. You never know when that next second, that one time where you're like, you know what, I just don't have any more to offer anyone. Five seconds later, your whole world could turn around. So it's important that not only do you face the, uh, you know, get help with the physical, addiction part of it address the mental health issues that go with it as well too because if you get that the physical addiction under you still have all those demons in your mind that you're trying to get away from so so that that would really be all that i would want to throw out there 
I'm just gonna say I love you and thank you for <laughs> doing this. So. We didn't have the tissues today. We should tears, have tears. Tears are rolling, but they're happy tears. Yep. They're sad tears, and I'm at the best place of my life. So it's so nice to be able to let people know, and maybe we can talk about, you know, what some of the other things that I've gone through to let people know it is not the end of your life. There is a lot out there and and a lot more to live for. Yep. All right, guys. This is All the right. Silencing Stigma Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you, and Michelle, for coming on. Yep, absolutely. And I'll get some of those numbers, and we'll get them posted. Yeah, get on and, that shit uh, ASAP. <laughs> I have phone numbers, but I don't know where they actually go. But I do know that you can get help any time, day or night. Somebody's going to pick you up and get you the help that you need. So. All right, guys. That's all, all right. we have for you. All right. Thanks. See ya. See ya. See ya.